It was a nice moment. Investigators say all nine victims of the helicopter crash that killed Kobe Bryant have now been recovered. His is among the four who have been positively identified. How to motivate a kid to focus in the classroom? A new study backs a positive approach. Live to CBS's Vicki Barker. Researchers spent three years observing 2,500 grade school kids in three states. In half the classrooms, children were rewarded for demonstrating social skills their teachers asked them. Teachers in the other half used traditional techniques. Regardless, the more teachers used praise, the better the overall results. The praise children focused on tasks up to 30% more than those whose teachers issued more reprimands. The lesson for teachers, praise, don't punish. Deborah? An NFL Hall of Famer has died. Biotin in the grasp and sacked at the 25 by Dolman. Chris Dolman, one of the most feared pass rushers during his 15 seasons in the league. He was only 58, suffering from cancer. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. The Home Depot is changing the way doing gets done with a pocket full of digital tools on the Home Depot app. Like Image Search, snap a picture with our app, find what you need. And the product locator will not only tell you how many are in store, but it'll also show you right where it is, down to the aisle and shelf. The Home Depot has everything you need to do projects smarter, faster, and easier. From online tools to free delivery on over 1 million items. Welcome to today's Home Depot. How doers get more done. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... What would you like today? Yes, I'd like to tell you that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. This is Burger Palace. Do you want any food? Yes, uh, one palace party meal. No, Limu, they won't put insects on a burger. No, you can't talk to the manager. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Police in the Midwest catch up to a driver who got into a pickle. When it comes to catching hot dog drivers, here's a bust any cop would relish. The Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. A Waukesha County, Wisconsin sheriff's deputy, lights blazing, pulled over the Wienermobile. But not for speeding, rather for failing to give enough room to a disabled car with its flashers on. The deputy did realize that driving a huge hot dog down the road takes a special talent. Most drivers couldn't cut the mustard. So this driver got off with a warning. Jim Shenaby, CBS News. People seem to have concerns over Corona beer in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak. Google searches for the Mexican brew have surged over the past week. Google Trends estimates 57% have looked up beer virus. The remaining 43% have searched Corona beer virus. No word from Corona beer, Constellation brands on whether the concerns have hurt business. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Balance of Nature. Changing the world, one life at a time. I'm a... Like, you're supposed to hurt, you're supposed to ache, you're supposed to feel like, you know, you're getting old. But that's not the case. I don't feel that way anymore. It's been because of this product. And the biggest thing is, I don't get up to go to the bathroom like I did before. I seem to get a better night's sleep, you know? I, I really do. I just think, you know, this balance of nature just took it to the next level. 
Don't wait to see what getting over 10 servings of whole fruits and vegetables every day can do for you. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order of fruits and veggies. Start your journey to better health today by calling one 800 2468751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. I'm a better neighbor because my service has taught me how important it is to be a team player. My training helps me in my classes when I give attention to detail to the task at hand. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. The 2020 Bridal and Healthy Living Expo will be hosted at the OUN on Sunday, March 1st from 1 to 4 p.m. There will be prize giveaways and numerous vendors that can help you with your planning, whether it be a wedding, reunion, or any special event. Come by and leisurely walk through the solarium, tavern, and ballroom areas and mingle with family and friends. So come and join us at the OUN on Sunday, March 1st. If you are interested in being a vendor at the 2020 Bridal and Healthy Living Expo, please call 740-593-6651, extension 1. Veteran-owned True Blue is raising the bar in plumbing with the best guaranteed prices and superior quality. Using the latest in plumbing technology, True Blue has the capability to identify problems in your pipes. For inspect for home purchase using a full-color camera while capturing video and watching in real time. They're committed to providing you honest and upfront service and offer free return service if the problem isn't fixed. Call them 24-7 at 740-590-5400. With a lifetime of experience and a desire to be the best in the business, True Blue is committed to being true to you. It's our crest. Our coat of arms. And what it means to wear it. Bitsky will take a tap and a hit for Nudelbara out to the neutral zone finding Polino. It's when we dig deep. Polino's got help on the rush. At the right moment. And he drops it back for Dubinsky over to Samar. He shoots and scores! It's our blue and out of our blue... We rise. Head to BlueJackets.com for tickets, news, and more. In our 70th year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H FM's. Uh, certainly a gloomy day out there. Uh, no sunshine, um, cloudy, gray, you know what I mean. Maybe it'll improve as the day goes on. But it does have an effect on us, doesn't it? 32 degrees here on Columbus Road. They say it'll get up to 39. I'm not so sure. Special edition today, we're going to get caught up to date on Oblenis and Ohio Health. All the things that uh, they're involved in. And my, there's a bunch. Joining us this morning, Mark Seckinger, who um, about five years ago uh, came back to uh, to head up our hospital uh, for Ohio Health. And uh, Mark, uh, let's see here. Let me get my mics going. Um, let's see here. That one's noisy. Um, which one are you on? I'm on one. Okay. Trade, uh, both of you use two. 
I was told one was working fine, but it's not. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. so just uh, yeah. Let's see if that sounds better. How's that sound? Okay, better? turn the arrow around. No, there you go. There you go. Hey, how about that? Those mics are directional. Is what that's all about. I should uh, Scott should have shown you that in advance. Anyway, President, and um, you know, before this, you were at Kenton. Um, how long did you serve in that capacity there? Fourteen years. Now, would you call it a larger or a smaller or similar? Uh, a little bit smaller. Okay. It it had uh, you know it was it was a, the county seat of Hardin County and uh, it was uh, part of Ohio Health for about uh, twenty years, ten years before I got there. So needed needed a lot of things to happen, change in healthcare. There were eight hospitals within 35 miles of that hospital. Oh, that's right. That would be a little different. It was a lot different. Yeah. Great, great community. Um, we had some tough decisions to make there. But uh, all in all, uh, when that's all said and done, uh, my predecessor took over. He was the chief financial officer, and he's done a great job there. They're so blessed uh, to have a great hospital like that. Now, when community. you have a hospital in Kenton, Ohio, and you have a hospital in Oblenis, uh, I'm sorry, in Athens, Ohio, and uh, the many other facilities that Ohio Health has. Uh, do they each have specific, uh, unique needs? They do, but but the big the big challenges of healthcare are all the same wherever you, wherever you are. If it's Riverside, Grant, Doctors, Oblenis, um, I would say, you know that. Everybody, it's always the people. It's the people there. And uh, Ohio Health is known to have great people working everywhere. And so one of the, one of the great things with Ohio Health, they have a, a few rural uh, hospitals. And so we have regional association, and we're all Ohio Health. We meet once a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, uh, Circleville Burger Hospital just became a full member of Ohio Health at the beginning. Uh, beginning of the year so we we have rural hospitals in kenton marion mansfield mount gilead's a managed hospital uh obviously uh here in athens which of course i think is the best and uh burger so it really is a good uh, group of people we get together matter of fact mansfield uh is the the president of mansfield is vincent yates from athens so it's great to, to, to so, go to those meetings. So if we uh, started counting counting on our fingers, how many facilities do they have? Hospital, healthcare facilities, they have 13. Okay. Oblenis being one of them. Yes. R- Riverside being one of them. Yes. Okay. 13. And, and um, you know, there uh, there is a tendency for healthcare companies to to have multiple facilities isn't there well it's it it helps keeps the cost lower yeah that's that's one advantage and uh you know one of the things that other hospitals have to do when they're independent they have to sometimes hire experts well we usually have an expert within the system somewhere Mm -hmm. And, and that's uh sort of like uh the chief nursing officer at Oblutus is an expert in the emergency department at Riverside for years. So, uh, Rhonda. Uh, who's with t- us today. Who's with us today. So yeah. you'll hear from her later. But sure. there, there's the perfect expert. 
so we would call on people to come visit the hospital. We we do uh, with our new computer system that's coming on board, the medical record. There are experts. There's a team of experts to help us with it, which is a big advantage. We could never have the Epic computer system come on board if we didn't have be part of Ohio Health. We could we couldn't afford it first of all. Well, folks, I, I, the, 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 we're a little ahead of ourselves, but no big deal. Um, there are um, in, um, a variety of different um, healthcare facilities that my wife is involved in uh, with her care with her cancer. Um, most notably, I suppose, Ohio State. Um, now, we of course, we do a lot with Oblenus and, and that sort of thing. But um, what became obvious to me over the years is that each hospital was kind of pushing their app, right? And uh, most of the apps were different from one another. And I always thought, this doesn't make any sense. Why can't there be one uh, or two, maybe, but, but just a very few, and they all are coordinated, so that if you have a test for this at Oblenus last week it, and now you're up at Ohio State it would show up on their books and they would have the full results uh, scans everything um, and vice versa um, well that's that seems like uh, finally some people are saying yeah they, this we got to do this and so um, uh, my chart or the epic system uh, which um, Ohio State uses. I don't know who else uses. I'm sure many do. But now Oblenis is going to it, right? Or Ohio Health is going to it. Well, uh, everybody in Ohio Health except Berger and Oblenis, because Berger's new to the system, and Oblenis. So we will go live on Sunday, February 23rd with the new system. The other thing that's, and Dave, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more, but one of the problems that we had is not only was the hospital on a different system than Columbus, but then the physicians were on another system. Hmm. So you really had to sign in if you went uh, to Dr. Raju, you had to, in the Kestrup Center, you had to go see him. Your your app would be different than you would go to the hospital and get an x-ray. That would be different. So even the physicians will be going on to the EPIC system. So it will all be under one umbrella. In Columbus, uh, we we know children's and Ohio State are on EPIC. So if somebody, something gets tra- uh, transferred to either one of those places, they can have the access to the record. And we hear that Mount Carmel is either signed or will be coming part of Epic soon. So that means everybody in Columbus will be on Epic, and it will streamline a lot of uh, services. And I've got to think there's cost savings, because if a doctor wants to see the results of a particular test on on this patient, but that test was just run last week somewhere else, um, now they don't have to order a second test, right? Right, right. And, and not only that, but guess what? When they come back to Athens and they go see their primary care doctor, that doctor can see everything that happened in Columbus. Right. right. So it's it's both ways that saves money 
and and saves struggle, saves time for the physicians, saves time for the patients. They they have in the my chart uh, app that you just were looking at. It's it's all right there. You can see the test results. Yes, you don't have to go to the hospital to get a to medical records and sign a release and get a copy of of uh, your lab test. And even if there's a doctor outside of that system, uh, you can um, on the app grant them permission. It's it's really a fascinating thing. Okay, let's move on. So um, when you think of um, the thirteen, <coughs> excuse me, the thirteen facilities that uh, Ohio Health. I'm sorry. That's yeah. I started to say it right, and then yep. I almost added the word "oblivious." Yep. That Ohio Health operates. Um, snap your suspenders a little bit. Boast about how Ohio. I'm sorry, Oblenis ranks amongst them. You know what I'm getting at? We measure ourselves a lot of ways. Um, there's a lot of ways that we rank uh, revenue, way we rank with uh, our uh, patient satisfaction scores. Yeah. Um, and and really, it's kind of it's kind of difficult to rank them all. I will tell you. Uh, we're real proud of what we've done. We measure, we measure ourselves on a balanced scorecard. So it's the culture with the physicians and the associates. It's customer service. It's quality. And it's finance. And so we call it a balanced scorecard. It's kind of our gray card, so to speak. And it's a score of zero to four that we work on every year. And, and we we exceed in a lot of areas and it's different years different things happening at different sure. hospitals i mean it's a balance because one of the things is all all of that works together and we say it's balanced but you know the most important thing is quality and and we say that over and over and there's nothing that uh, is more important for your family, my family, as, as you know, I mean, is is it's important when we go that you trust that the quality is being there, be there, and we we put that number one in everything we do. So um, it, you it's know, just difficult to rank. You're being modest, and I'm going to uh, help you out a little bit. Uh, Oblenis ranks really well amongst the Ohio Health Organization. And the Ohio Health Organization, amongst other organizations, ranks really well. So, you know, folks, you shouldn't think that... um... Now, okay, there isn't a health organization alive that doesn't have the problem once in a while. Correct. And it's not their problem. It is the patient's problem, but how do you deal with it? And so satisfaction or those sort of things, you can always have a little... Rub once in a while. I personally, um, uh, one of our postal workers, um, whose husband was ill, and she just sort of started to open up to me about what an an awful time she was having with this. I called Tara, and I said, "Listen, there's somebody unhappy out here, and I don't know." if she has the right to be unhappy or not, but she's obviously stressed. Tara got a hold of her. Tara Giltz. Yeah. And um, 
and she was so this woman was so grateful <coughs> excuse me so grateful that that had happened and now you know we're she made kind of a rash statement when during the first conversation like i'll never go to a blennis again that sort of thing right um that of course is much different now so um a lot of times dave as the there is it's a miscommunication you yes. know you and emotions are high health is tough it's tough for the family uh, and, and it makes it uh highly charged so it, it's really um, good that you reached out to tara and so uh, that's what that's what we're here for tara's tara's great well you know i don't know if that's her responsibility but it's who i knew the best um of course, I know Keeley well. I could have called Keeley back there, but um, anyway, or, it shows or, or that it's all responsibility. Yeah. But um, let's see here. Another note I made here. <coughs> okay, here we go. Uh, major and expensive improvements have been occurring at Oblenis, uh and more are on the books, and more are on the way. Does each hospital have to support those efforts on its own, or does Ohio Health pitch in? So, we're we're all Ohio Health, but we uh, we kind of do it on our own, so to speak. The medical office building that we're building, you know, we have to prove that we need it, and it's the right financial move. And so that's underway now. That's underway now. If you. It's behind the Gwandi building that was five and a half acres behind there. Siemens grocery, all Correct. that. Right. Yeah. And so that's an example. Um, when we when we did the radiation and medical oncology area, we needed to show that uh, it was something the community would support. And, and it and it's a as you know, it's a very tough thing, but it helps not having to drive if if. Uh, you don't have to. Mm. And so we had to prove that it would be worthwhile. We recruited a great uh, physician for radiation oncology. And um, we just, we know that it's the right thing. Now, this, this um, you know, I hear of, um, well, let's take radiation, for example. So there are these machines, and you've, you, we've all seen pictures of them, and they're all, they all look different. But the point is, they scan you, and they take images, and they, you know, there's all sorts. Some are nuclear-based, some are um, basically x-rays. But um, all these machines cost tremendous amounts of money. And these machines, sometimes, um, they're just as good if they're eight years old as they are if they're new, but the newer ones have a few more bells and whistles, right? Right, right. Um, we just upgraded our, our, our CT scanner, one of one of two. The mm-hmm. other one is only about three years old. And uh, one of the things is that the new CT scanner is... They go by number of slices and how fast the computers are. And they're able to provide some images of the heart uh, better than it, they couldn't under the old one because it didn't have the software. So, Like 126 slices uh, per inch? Something like oh, that. Right, right. 128. 128. Uh, okay. 128. And it's, uh, you know, once the computers started to get faster, that was able to 
able to make that happen and, sure. and bring all that data together. And it's a we're just got it, uh, it in the hospital and running a couple of weeks ago. So it's, in the price tag on something like that, well, roughly, the, roughly a million bucks. Okay, well, folks, you know, but would you rather have um, a hospital that has that kind of precision? Um, doing 128 slices per inch, which can show up really small stuff, of course, um, before it gets big. Um, or some other machine that maybe takes uh, 20 slices per inch. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's, it's a matter of accuracy and precision and catching things before they're uh, really a huge problem. Well... This equipment all costs a lot of money. You know, one area that has seen a big change, and Rhonda, it's your turn, um, is is that of the the emergency department. Mm-hmm. Now, um, golly, uh, if anybody had been there before and now they go there, it's it's so much different. Um, first of all, there was a, a real increased emphasis on privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're never comfortable in an emergency room, but, um, it is more comfortable than it was. Right. Um, the, um, determination of how serious, uh, I guess you'd call that triage, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, quickly to, to know what to do first. Uh, all of these things um, have received increased emphasis. The redesign of the whole complex, um, it, it's just remarkable. Now, um, some of that was underway by the time you got here. Yes, it was. But uh, you have been involved in emergency of, uh, medicine for many years. Um, uh, talk about what you've observed. Sure. Um, I uh... Rhonda Dixon, folks. I uh, moved to Columbus from Ashland, Kentucky in um, the mid-80s and started working as a staff nurse in the emergency department at Riverside Methodist Hospital Mm -hmm. in um, 1989 and um, became the director of nursing there um, and helped to design and build, um, which is not a new ER anymore, the, the red building that went up in 2003. So I had a, um, um, a lot of insight into emergency department operations and how, how quickly can we get people seen, figure out what's wrong with them, and either admit them to the hospital or get, get them home and, and, and feeling better. So um, I had a lot of experience um, in that realm, um, and the opportunity came um, to become chief nurse, nursing officer here at Oblenis, and um, I was thrilled to be given that opportunity. Um, oh, you had 30 years, right, up in uh, Riverside? Yes, thir- actually 31 years at Riverside. My uncle was the uh, head of the board that founded it, uh, oh, wow. Dale Stump. Wow. And um, oh, I think I could name in a couple other people that were key people up there over those years. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember it being built. Yes. Yeah, when I went first started working there, there were only two buildings there. So it's like its own little city now. Yes. <laughs> so I uh, I left Columbus and I moved to Athens, um, the Athens area. So um, um, I live seven miles from the hospital. 
and after I began working there and observing in, in our emergency department um, and looking at some of our um, metrics on how quickly we were getting people in front of a, of a physician or nurse mm-hmm. practitioner mm-hmm. and getting them out, and we had a lot of room for improvement um, to do better. And it became obvious that the, the physician group that we had, a, that we had there at that time um, we didn't have enough resources from them to help um, to help make things better. So um, what we did over a period of months, um, and let me back up and say, um, and the group that we had um, has a lot of locations across the country. So um, in order to talk with their administration, the administrator I dealt with lived in Chicago. So to in order for him to... Um, meet with me or Mark and I and come and talk about the ER, it was a very big ordeal to try to, to change things and get things done. So um, we went on um, a journey to look for a possible um, new ER provider group, and we landed upon a group um, called OVP Health. They're based out of Huntington, West Virginia, um, Ohio Valley Physicians. And they have a lot of um, experience with small rural community um, hospitals. And um, everything that they have in this area is within a three-hour drive from Huntington. Um, So we signed a a contract with them, and they took over operations of our emergency department from a physician perspective on November the 12th. Okay. Now let me just draw in on this. Sure. So uh, you had a Dr. Bister, Mary Bister. And uh, I liked her a lot. Um, now, she was with the previous organization, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. And then now you have um, um, another group that provides the physicians uh, who are not necessarily Oblenis physicians. They're part of this Ohio, uh, um, what do they call it, OVP. OVP Health. What's, yes. what's that stand for? Ohio Valley Physicians. Okay. And they're more, they're they're not so large. They don't cover such a large area of Chicago and everything like. Right. They're more regional in concentration. Yes. So, does that mean some of the docs that were there before are no longer there? Yeah. Some some chose to stay and some chose to leave. It was um, um, a, a conversation and um, between OVP and those providers as to who wanted sure. to stay and be, sure. be a part of things moving forward. And you don't want anybody that doesn't want to be there. Exactly. So um, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, so now you've got uh, a little more regional um, interest. Mm-hmm. And that, that's got to be better than some outfit that's covering a large part of our nation. Absolutely. We have actually an operations director that actually is a nurse, um, a nurse with many, many years of ER experience that is my contact and our link um, between the company. And we also have a business director, a vice president of business operations, rather. Those are at Oblenis at least two times a week, if not more, um, and meeting with us. We started planning for how we wanted things to work two months before they started um, and how we wanted to make things different. And we still continue to have a, a every Thursday at 8 o'clock in the morning, we're all in a room talking about how the previous week went and what we can do to make things better. 
the biggest part, um, the biggest change that OVP brought to us was um, increased hours of um, provider coverage. Um, they added 12 additional hours of physician um, to our um, back in the emergency department taking care of patients. So prior to them, we had one doc working 7 a.m., 7 p.m., one doc working 7 p.m., 7 a.m. Today we have that, but also we have another physician that's there from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And that helps to cover. That's the busiest time in an, e- in an ER. So um, 10, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m.? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then we also added um, 12 hours of coverage of a nurse practitioner or a physician's assistant that work out in triage as patients come in. And that's meant to decrease that wait time and get them in front of mm-hmm. a provider in a much more timely manner. Well, um, let's, let's do another thing. So let's talk about nursing in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on uh, Randy Lighty's advisory board. Mm-hmm. He's the dean of the College of Health Sciences and Prof- uh, Professions. Yes. Um, I have no idea why I'm on it. Because, you know, I'm not a healthcare professional by any means. Everybody else is. Um, But I've learned a lot. Anyway, one of our points of pride is that there are six to 8,000 nurses who are trying to, uh, through online courses, Mm -hmm. go from RN to BN. BSN. BSN, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, Now... I was talking to some of the people up at Ohio State, and they said, well, there's a push to have 80% of their nurses uh, have a BSN. Yes. Even though their tag always says RN. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is, um, I'm sure there's a similar interest at Ohio Health and Oblenis, right? Yes. So here it is, Ohio University, six to 8,000 students at any given moment uh, in this process of becoming Bachelor of Science of, of Nursing. Mm-hmm. So I'm proud of that fact. And it's right here. Mm-hmm. Now, um, but there's other classifications too. So um, as you have been, see, you've been here how long? 14 months. Okay. So what is your impression of the nursing staff at Ohio Health? Sure. I'm sorry, Ed O'Blanis. Let me first start by saying a, a thing or two about why the push for BSN. And this was actually um, a report after many years of study by the Institute of Medicine, um, a national study that went out that shows that patient outcomes are better with nurses that are bachelor's prepared. I myself, um, I began my nursing career um uh, as an ADN nurse, I went two years to Ashland Community College in Ashland, Kentucky. Many years after that, I actually got my BSN online from Ohio University. So there's a push across the country to raise those percentages of nurses that have a bachelor's degree. We're now, for- folks, i, I got to interrupt just for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a certain stigma about online courses, I want to tell you, um, maybe some of it is deserved. 
but not in this area and not in most of the online courses I'm aware of out of Ohio University. Mm -hmm. It is every bit as intensive and thorough as uh, as if you're sitting in a classroom. Absolutely, and it's it's makes it easier for working professionals. I could work on my homework and do my clinicals um, on my time. So I didn't mean to interrupt. That's all right. So we're fortunate at Ohio Health. We have a lot of programs in tuition reimbursement. A lot of things out there available for nurses to go back to school to get that BSN. When I came to Ohio Health Oblenis, um, the nursing staff, I spent the first few weeks getting to know people, having listening sessions, as you would say, for mm -hmm. nurses to come and talk to me. And what I found was a very caring and compassionate and committed group of nurses to, that, to this hospital and to our community. Um, they're fantastic. Um, I can't say enough about that. And uh, um, it, it, they care. They truly do care and want to make a difference in people's lives every day. Perhaps five months ago, we had our most recent grandchild mm -hmm. uh, there at Oblenis. Um, and I tell you, the, the personalized care, mm -hmm. I mean, with knowing names and hugs and... It was very moving. Yes. And, you know, here we were just grandparents going in to greet the new child. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, Lena and Nick were so um, impressed by it. Wonderful. Nursing's a hard job. It's a hard job. Most people that, that become nurses, they do it for a reason because they're called to do that. Yeah. And they want to provide and, they, and care for people. Okay, so uh, CMPs, right? Mm -hmm. Certified Nurse Practitioner. Yes. Uh, sometimes I've liked them better than the docs. <laughs> you know, it happens, right? Um, it seems like uh, they have virtually uh, the ability to do anything the doc does. Yes. Um, but a little more time to do it and to communicate and to learn. Yes. So uh, how's that go about? It's in response to there's there's a shortage across the country as well as as of physicians, primary care doctors, and it nurse practitioners are are not new. There were were, were there are more of them going back to school, and um, certainly it's an advanced degree past a master's degree, mm -hmm. and um, physicians use them as extenders. Although they do they are independent practitioners. Um, they can write prescriptions. Um, yes, they're they're every bit as good as a, as a primary care physician. Um, um, I've seen one myself in a physician's office, and, and I don't. I've always felt comfortable with them providing my care, and sure. sitting down and talking to me. Sure. Okay, so let's get into the ER or the emergency department. Yes. Um, this is a big thing for you. Mm -hmm. um, when you arrived, a lot of the improvements had already been accomplished and, and uh, finishing details and that sort of thing. Um, you know, is there anything, well, th this is going to sound like I'm putting you on the negative side. I don't mm -hmm. mean to, but once you got here, did, was there anything you said, gee, I wish that had been done differently? You know what I mean? Yeah. No. 
Not that I can think of offhand. Actually, we still have a couple phases of renovation to do. And, yeah. and um, we met with the architect yesterday and are happy with the plans. Good. The, what needed work was the how you operationalize things and how things work from step one to step two. Mm-hmm. So that's where I have the expertise and, and can help and lead lead the team to make that better. Well, we've used it um, since it's been mostly redone, I'd say, two or three times. And um, uh, I think it was a definite improvement. I'm glad to hear that. I, I want it to be the best that it can be for, for the community. If, I'll die, if I dial 911, this is where I'm coming. Mm-hmm. So I, I want it... To, I want it to be the best that it can be. Well, certainly adding um, additional doctors yes. um, to the um, to the daily schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- there's at one point you have three. Yes. And um, and otherwise two a good bit of the day and and very rarely one. Um, it's just really good. Yes, it is. So uh, okay. Um, now you got this new building. What is going to, um, Mark? What what's going to be in this new building? Now we have. First of all, we should probably say right now we've got some docs that are practicing in Parks Hall, right? And they have um, sort of a joint responsibility of some teaching at our College of Medicine, the Heritage College, and they have, of course. Uh, some practice of medicine. So what's in Parks Hall, that's going to eventually be in this new building? Well, it's more complicated than that. Okay. So uh, part of them will be, and part of them will uh, be in the old building, the Castrop Center, okay. uh, specifically the pediatricians. So they will move from Parks Hall into a renovated area in the Castrop Center. One of the reasons is they come over when there's a birth to take care of the baby. So we want them close to the main hospital. Sure. So when you really think about who's going into the new building, it'll really be uh, we'll, we will move primary care uh, physicians from the Castrop Center over to the new building. And everybody in Parks Hall will come, except the pediatricians, will come to Parks Hall, I mean the new building. And also our residency clinic, which is just right up the road here, uh, Gene Reddos and, and that group will come to the new building, and Jim Sammons. So we we were paying rent. Uh, we were paying rent from the university uh, at the Parks Hall. And, and, you know, as you know, it was an old dorm uh, closed down in 19, I believe, 74 with no students. And this this will be a great uh, facility for patients to park. You won't have to worry about parking on campus, be able to go in. Uh, it's it's 20,000 square feet. Uh, so, excuse me, it's 30,000 square feet, 15,000 uh, on each floor. So it'd be two-story. If, if you've driven by, you can see the, the, the stairwells and the elevator shaft are already going up. We've had, it's been great weather to, for building. So, yeah. yeah. I, who like a snow once in a while, just for challenge. Right. Um, been disappointing this winter, but it's great for construction. Oh, it has been. It has <laughs> been. And I, I, one of the one of the funny things about that, and this is kind of a little sideline, little joke, is uh, Dr. Sergio and I have a bet that we'll be in it before the 
before fall. I mean, during fall of next this year. And I saw him yesterday, and he said, "Uh "Oh, this good weather's helping you." So (laughs) it's kind of well. He was saying we wouldn't make it by yeah, we would. Okay. So, uh, but it really will be a uh, nice campus feel for all of our physicians on campus and uh, the residents. We have family practice residents. We have 12, so they can be closer to the hospital when they're training. Sergio's like a son to me. Um, we go way back. Oh. His whole family. Yeah, he's he's great. So, uh, All right. So um, then um, let's see here. What other plans are there afoot? Now, I keep hearing about replacing this piece of equipment or that piece of equipment. Not because it's out of date, but just because there's better units now available. Right. I mean, there's many institutions that would continue to use that, the one that you're considering replacing. Right. Well, you know, we've got we've got some plans uh, that we're working on right now, and some uh, it's it's really a, a move to um, do some different services that we probably are really too early to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Rhonda said, she met with the architects. Uh, we we have some uh, things we want to do to different areas, make it better for our patients. So uh, there's several things out, uh, and. You know we we need to we need to do uh, some renovation in the uh, OB area. That, that's not had a, uh, a really a facelift, a new area. Um, so we're taking a real hard look at that, and because you know uh, next year Sheltering Arms will be a hundred years old, and uh, so uh, it's it's kind of our hundred year anniversary. As I had uh, somebody who was who uh, grew up here, was born from Sheltering Arms and lives down in Miami, called me and said she was sending a check to the OB department. Cause she, <laughs> so it was Jean Altman. Yeah. So I believe Altman Department Stores. So yeah. Yeah. she called me. And it just shows you that the, the love of, of Athens and Sheltering Arms. So that's really, we're working on that right now, uh, the plans to try to, do something and make it better for our patients and families because it's it's really that is that is the family place you know the, having a new baby what what a better place you you even choked up a little bit when you thought of, talked about it yeah yeah it's because it's just the way that is I mean. so you know I've heard um, this this expression used and I I know there's um, there's truth to it. And that is that Oblenus will not turn anyone away. Um, now, what we're really talking about is in emergency care, right? No, I mean, if you need if you need an X-ray, we don't turn you away. It, it doesn't have to be emergency care. So, so one of the one of the nice things with OPGHC Ohio Ohio Health Physicians Group Heritage College, they are also nonprofit. So if if you if you are expecting and you do not have health insurance, our OBs will see you. They will get ultrasounds that they don't don't uh, 
if you don't have insurance. Every care, everything's the same, and and that's that's one of the one of the important parts of Ohio Health. Well, I'm glad to get that straightened out in my mind because I somewhere along the way, it, and this isn't all that long ago. I I I used to think it was everything, right? Uh, regardless whether it was emergency or otherwise, but. Um, now, um, but recently I came to believe it was only for emergency care. But it's everything. Everything, yep. And that's, and that's amazing. It is amazing. And uh, I think, uh, you know, there are for-profit hospitals out in the world. Uh, there's, it's really more south than, than the northern part. And they are required just to have uh, emergency care. Uh, regardless, and then could if it's a non-emergent, they can ask for a deposit of money and so on, pay okay. up front. Let's let's go another direction. Okay, W. D. Anderson, right? M. D. Anderson. M. D. Anderson. M. D. Anderson. Okay, got it now. Um, Dallas, right? Uh, Houston. 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 Okay. Univ- really, an offshoot well, of University of Houston. I'll eventually get this right. That's okay. Okay, so this relationship now has been established, and we now have linkage uh, to what is arguably the number one cancer-knowledgeable hospital in our nation. It is. I'm just curious, because I don't have that much information. How about the world? Or is there... I, pretty close. I, I, it may be the world. I know, I know that people fly from all over the world to MD Anderson okay. to get a second opinion, to have treatment, to... I had heard such things, too. So I... Anyway, it is good. Now, what does a relationship mean to Ohio... I'm sorry, Oblinus. Well, it's it's Ohio Health. It's MD Anderson certified. There's there's a couple of things, and if I leave something out, Rhonda will be more than happy sure. to answer some of that. Uh, it's a certification. MD Anderson does not have any other hospitals that are full members outside the Houston area. Okay. So their way of expanding their uh, area of knowledge has been to have certification. And this certification uh, is a way to access their knowledge into curing uh, cancer. I think that cancer in their lifetime is is their motto. And um, it is a valuable asset to our patients who are treated or will be treated because they can get a second opinion over the phone. Uh, they can also, it's easy to get a appointment down there. If you want to fly to Houston, they arrange everything. I uh, talked to somebody who had done that and it was a smooth transition. They didn't get lost in the system. They are so good at taking care of the emotional side as well as the, the um, physical side of, of cancer and, it is unbelievable, and I, I heard the president of MD Anderson talk, and it is all about taking care of patients, and 
it's pretty impressive. I, I really would like, love to take a tour one of these days. I feel like I need to, to even better explain it. Is there anything I, you could add, Rhonda? Yeah, I'll just say, building on that, is MD Anderson and all their research and their cancer treatments say, a doctor, you have a diagnosis of a certain type of cancer. It's looking to MD Anderson and out of all of their research, what's the best way to treat your particular type of cancer. Mm -hmm. And also we have physicians that go through certification um, exams and, and learning about the best treatment for particular types of cancer. And this certification is, is, is a mark of quality. It means that we have access to the most up-to-date quality of care for cancer. Many, many years ago, my dad went to somewhere up in Wisconsin or what was help me out it's the Mayo Clinic yes the Mayo Clinic thank you for routine checkups yep um, there probably are big names like that that have specialty areas uh, where MD Anderson is cancer right somewhere else is I don't even know what Sp- heart okay are there efforts of afoot to have relationships with other exper- expertise areas? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, if there are other certifications. I don't know of any other certifications like that. I know there are some um, companies that are dealing with when an associate has a back problem, they have certain hospitals that they expect them to go to. Uh, that they believe is is with quality of care and at a, at a lower cost. Uh, I've seen that with Walmart is one of the one of the companies that is doing that, and I, I know. Uh, but there is no other certification like that out there that I know of. Okay. Well, I, I, I just was wondering. Yep, it's it's a good question. So, in four minutes, which is what we have remaining. Um, what's your next goal? Well, I would say my next goal. <laughs> really lay it on. No, that's, that's okay. okay. I mean, the next goal is continuing. I mean, and the goal is the emergency department to continue to get sure. better. We've seen those everything get better and better. That's probably the number one goal. The next one is the OB department. I, I, I think that is something that's very important and. I joke, and you know, we have, we've had one famous pers- person born in Sheltering Arms, right, Dave? You know that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, me. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a joke. It's yeah, a joke. Yeah, yes, right. I, so, you know, that's <laughs> obviously that's going to be important to me as as a uh, somebody that was born there and 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 uh, at, and uh, at my age and how much you have less. It'd be great to be able to get that done and. At uh, least have that better for the community over the next few years, and and just continue to make it uh, when we we don't have anybody that is upset with Oblanus and and just the quality and the patient care because we're really focused on patient care. We we have a meeting uh, every other week where we have all the managers together to talk about patient care and and the customer service because it's just 
we're trying to get a lot of things done and we've got to keep the patient in the center of everything we do. Of so course. that's really what we're working hard at. Well, um, keep it up. It's been a pleasure to see the, the, the organization grow and become better and better all the time. I, I, um, we used to have the JCs here, you know. Oh yeah, and uh, so the day uh, the sheltering arms closed there on uh, what is that Clark Clark Street? Yes. Uh, for some years, we had the haunted house there at oh, Halloween. You did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I didn't realize. And that. I was uh, kind of in charge of that, but it was spooky. Yeah. I'm yeah. Anyway, yeah. so it fit the place uh, pretty well. Um. I just, um, I'm so proud you folks are here. Well, and, and, thanks for um, asking us to come. Well, I don't mean this event. I mean, oh, okay, here in town, the hospital. Yep. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> um, just uh, as as new things come up, uh, Keely, keep us apprised, and um, and we'll get uh, Mark and whomever in, and we'll talk about them and make sure people understand and value them right right all right thank you thank you you. well once again folks uh, weather wise let's see what do we have on the clock we've got uh, about a minute or so uh, until we join cbs news uh if you hadn't heard uh, athens middle school is closed today because of a, a lack of heat uh they're rapidly working to repair that now with the um the, the adjustment of grades and everything while they were doing new buildings and all, that it affects the 6th grade through 8th grade. 6, 7, 8. Yes, that's right. So uh, that uh, that is closed today. And uh, we'll hear in the morning if everything's back in order. Um, otherwise, uh, all the other schools are in session and doing uh, what they normally do. Um, today, um, let's see here. Today, it's going to get up to 39. It's at 33 now. We've gained a, a degree since we started the show. And um, tonight, it should be 27 as a low. Tomorrow, the high, 42. Friday, the high, 46. Saturday, 49. Well, you get the point. It's going to warm up a bit. Not a lot, but a bit. Have a wonderful day. In our 70th year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Crystal Cruises. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Senators could be just two days away from voting on calling witnesses in the president's impeachment trial. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell now says he's shy of the Republican votes he needs to prevent it. CBS's Paula Reed is at the White House. I'm being told the case is being made to those senators why they should not support witnesses. And this official laid out the arguments that are being made. First, uh, they argue that this would make things much more complex. It would raise a lot of other issues first in the Senate, and then in a lengthy court battle. And the White House believes it's unpredictable how long it would take to actually resolve these questions of executive privilege. Some Republicans want to hear from John Bolton after allegations in an upcoming book linking Ukraine military aid to an investigation of the Bidens. 
A new poll from Monmouth University shows Iowans are a fluid bunch. Nearly half are open to switching their support for a Democratic candidate on caucus night next week. Right now, Joe Biden leads with 23 percent. Sanders has 21, Buttigieg 16, Warren 15 percent and Klobuchar 10. More than 200 Americans who'd been stuck in Wuhan, China, epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak, will arrive at an airbase near L.A. soon. Their first stop was Anchorage. Dr. Ann Zink is Alaska's chief medical officer. All passengers had already been screened twice before they left China. They were monitored throughout the flight. And in an Anchorage, the passengers were screened twice more and were approved to continue on to California by the CDC. The death toll from the virus in China is up to at least 132. A police officer in Prince George's County, Maryland, has been charged with murder after a suspect handcuffed behind his back in a patrol car was shot seven times. Police Chief Hank Stowinski. There are no circumstances under which this outcome is acceptable. And I want to extend my heartfelt sorrow and sympathies to the Green family. Police believe William Green was under the influence when he allegedly hit several cars with his own. After six mostly weather-related delays... Three, two, one. SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket has blasted off from Cape Canaveral to put 60 Starlink Internet satellites into orbit. The public's getting a look at some historic maps that belong to King George III. What's the dancing to me? Filmgoers may know him as Mad King George. I've had no peace of mind since we lost America. The king who lost our War of Independence. Forests, old as the world itself. Meadows. Now more than 3,000 maps and prints from his collection have been posted online to mark the 200th anniversary of his death. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. This is CBS News. Crystal, the world's most awarded luxury cruise line. Visit crystalcruises.com today to plan your next global adventure. Crystal, where luxury is personal. I am doing it all. The water, the fiber, the exercise. But I still have constipation with belly pain, straining and bloating that keep coming back. My doctor said that I may have a chronic medical condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Questions about a popular beer in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak. Google Trends reports searches for coronavirus symptoms have surged more than 1,000% this week. Searchers are also interested in what it is and is it deadly. But there's also been an increase in searches for corona beer virus and beer virus. The illness is not associated with corona beer, though Internet parodies might suggest otherwise. Those searches have been most prevalent in the U.S., Western Europe, and Australia, but not in Mexico, where the beer is produced. Steve Kathan, CBS News. Billy Joel may be advising police in New York. 
There's a report someone broke into his estate on Long Island and vandalized a dozen motorcycles. The New York Post says they also got into his home office. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Balance of nature. Changing the world one life at a time. I have to say, uh, taking the balance of nature, I have no wrinkles on my face. I have a full set of hair. I'm just happy with health, and your product is definitely a part of it. I think it's a wonderful add-on. I mean, I like the science. You know, just everything about it is rock solid. You know, I'm really sold on the product. Uh, I love it. And balance of nature, when I first saw the commercial, I instantly liked it. I knew I had to have it. Don't wait to see what getting over 10 servings of whole fruits and vegetables every day can do for you. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order of fruits and veggies. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code Good Wednesday morning. How's it going, Kim? Are you are you with us? Right, I'm I'm on I'm on the air. Okay, and I'm doing good. great. Good, good. I'm Can doing great. How are you guys doing? Good. Yeah. Well, welcome everyone. We tune in to make it happen. That magical time of every Wednesday. Talk about whatever Kim and I have on our minds. (laughs) But um, I wanted to tell you and introduce um, our Comcore member, Bryce Master. She's in the studio with us today. Hi, Bryce. Hi, I'm super excited to be here. This is my first radio show, and I'm excited to talk about some nut butters with you all. Calling all nut butter lovers, right? Right. (laughs) So, January 24th was Peanut Butter Day. National Peanut Butter Day? Right. National. National Peanut Butter Day, yeah. And honestly, that's where my love affair with nut butter probably all started with peanut butter. I mean, as a kid, that's what we had. We didn't have all these other kinds of options. But peanut butter, I always felt like growing up and even to this day it's almost like a food group for me <laughs> oh i agree Kim. totally I, and yeah i would agree with that i yeah. might do you get a daily dose i get a day absolutely and i'm not kidding you i get a daily dose and sometimes two i mean I'm, this is one of the sizes is different kinds of nut butter and even though there's lots of options out there for nut butter and i love many many of them I tell you, I still love peanut butter. It has never become boring to me. I still love it. It's still like this taste sensation. <laughs> Yum. Now, here's, here's the most important question of all, though. Crunchy or smooth? Well, I, you know, if you're asking me, or I don't know if you're asking the general audience, that's, that's a question, believe it or not, that has been polled among many scientific polls and surveys. I'm kidding about that. No, but I I like them both as a kid, believe it or not. And now if I'm trying regular peanut butter, I think I honestly prefer crunchy. How about you guys? I think I'm a smooth person myself. There is this one really good local peanut butter I like, though, that's like an in-between. 
um, and you can buy it at the mm-hmm. Athens Farmers Market by Earth Nut. Um, the producer, her name is Ann Slayball, and my favorite is the honey roasted peanut butter, and it just has like a very very low grit to it, I guess you would say, but it is so so tasty. Yeah, I've had her nut butter. I'm a, I've, I'm I've bought it from the farmer's market. It's delicious. All the way. I mean, I, I can work with, cook with, uh, with some fun sauces with it. Pretty good. Um, and I, if I'm having a straight up peanut butter moment, whether on my salad or on a spoon. Oh, yes. What's your favorite yeah. way to have peanut butter? Just on the spoon? Or do you have a favorite recipe, Kim? Well, I, I eat it by the spoon pretty much every day, but that's one of the nice things about peanut butter. It's so versatile, or any nut butter. I mean, because you can eat it off the spoon, you can bread it on a sandwich, you can bake with it, cook with it, you can add it as a condiment, so it's, it's really great. But I, I definitely love pretty much anything with peanut butter in it, for sure. And a lot of recipes that I do that were originally called for peanut butter, I sometimes substitute another butter. And almond is probably my go-to as far as the second in line. I have that more often on my counter in my pantry. Um, But I love it in baked goods. And recently, I've loved using it as kind of an ingredient for sauces. Could make a really great like Thai peanut sauce with some noodles. That would be good. Right, right. And you know, it's funny when you were talking about what's your favorite kind, creamy or crunchy. I think when those surveys have happened, the people, the majority um, of crunchy lovers are men, and the majority of creamy lovers are women. That's very interesting. Because that's, yeah. I would say that's exact opposite at my house. Yeah, my husband <laughs> likes the smooth. And in fact, I think we could go, you know, people feel strongly about creamy or crunchy. That's for sure. But I think people are very brand devoted. Absolutely. As well. Because it, and in my house, we have two different peanut butters. <laughs> but we, we do not share, you know, and it's nice that we kind of figured that out, you know. So, um. Rather than have to debate whose who's peanut butter we're buying, we just get both. Oh, yeah. My family growing yeah. up, we were Jif people. If you were making cakes or if you are putting it in your oatmeal, it was Jif. <laughs> you, didn't, yeah. you didn't go cheap on the peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, right. And I think if we look at peanut butter, like the marketing of peanut butter right now, there's still like the kind that we grew up with. And even Bryce, I know you're a lot younger, but the kind we all grew up with, like Jif and Skippy. Peter Pan, they're honestly commercially sold, still the most popular brand. And, you know, but it's funny because you go to the peanut butter aisle of any grocery store and it has expanded as well, even when it comes to peanut butter, because you've got natural peanut butter, the, you know, regular peanut butter that's not so natural, the crunchy, the creamy. I mean, there's just so many different types. It can almost be a little bit overwhelming. I think when I'm using it in food, or even if I'm just making a sandwich, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, sometimes that will actually lead me to which peanut butter I want to use that day, because some are a little easier to spread than others. Right. And I think, Ruth, I agree, and even though they look at surveys and 
more men like crunchy and more women like creamy. It's the opposite in my house, too. My husband, I think the good word, what Bryce said earlier about that natural peanut butter that's made locally, is the grit. (laughs) It's kind of in between. He doesn't like the grit or the texture. (laughs) Not on his sandwich, anyway. Oh. I, you know, I'm... I'm now I have to think of myself as a gritty peanut butter eater. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just okay, grit. All right, that's that's who I am. Um, all right, I'll, I'll accept that, I suppose. But yeah, I think the thing that's wonderful, and I don't know if they always thought about mix-ins for peanut butter, but I think that is an exciting way to experiment with peanut butter is to add a few extra things. Um, what it, and I know that Bryce has purchased several of those local peanut butters that are have some unique flavors involved. What, what do you like? Oh, yes. Do? We once made cinnamon rolls using one of the earth nut walnut butters, and it has cacao nibs in it. Oh, my goodness. That was like heaven in your mouth. It was wow. so, so delicious. And she also makes one with chili powder, I believe, which is like an interesting different taste it's like a sweet and savory um that would probably be really good in like a thai sauce you could use that in a sauce for sure yeah wow uh, i am just in awe that sounds delicious even oh, way yeah. back when you started talking about the cinnamon rolls with it was it walnut butter yes oh that sounds good oh yes and you can find those at the farmer's market you know one of the i would say so so creamy, smooth, crunchy, um, brand varieties. I think that my, I hands down, I'm always going to be a favorite of the natural peanut butter. I just think it tastes better than maybe something that's where it's had a little bit of sugar added, a little bit of palm oil added. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the drawbacks, of course, is stirring that peanut butter, right? That, that's right. what it Yes. It can wreak havoc on a, a slice of bread. Yes, it can. It certainly can. Um, but there are ways to get around that. Have you have you ever seen a peanut butter stirrer, Kim Ballantor? Because we were talking. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> You've got my interest. Okay. We'll get ready. There are pieces of equipment that can assist you. And, um, you know, I typically... I'm, I'm starting with a butter knife and just kind of stabbing or churning, right? Just stab, 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 right? To get some of that incorporated. Well, they have these pieces of curved metal that um, you kind of guide into the peanut butter and then you just turn it. Some have um, kind of a, a device that goes through that you can screw onto your peanut butter and then it kind of crank on top where you can stir it, but, um, yeah. Do you put that inside your jar? You do. You put it inside your jar. And crank it up. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting, because I think, you know, quite a few years ago, when sort of the campaign for kind of a healthier nut butter was happening, um, that was probably one of the biggest drawbacks, and the hardest sell for like my family members because you got this jar of peanut butter and the, the fat or the oil often separated from the actual you know thick or butter part of it and so you had to stir it 
it was it was not easy to stir and I honestly I probably had some weight left because when you get to the bottom it was either too dry or um, or just not a good texture at all so now there are some nut butters that are completely natural that actually don't come with that huge separation or don't dry out as quickly. One of my favorite ways to get a nut butter is to go to a store, a grocery store, where they have those big grinders, and you actually, just like if you were going to a store and buying coffee beans, and they had a machine to grind the coffee beans for you and put it in your bag before you walked out of the store, there are some grocery stores that have these big grinding machines that can grind your peanuts. In, or almonds, for example, into the nut butter. And I have found when, if I can get to one of those stores, they have containers and make my nut butter there for some reason, for some miraculous reason, maybe because it's like a commercial grade kind of grinder, that nut butter, um, it, is, it is easy to spread. It actually sometimes, and there's no other ingredients besides the nuts. So it's not like anything has been added to it or processed to it, but it's very easy to spread because it's a thinner consistency. We'll separate with the oils because that's kind of a natural occurrence. But in my house, we don't usually have those nut butters too long on the shelf, so they get eaten before that happens. Um, so you're right. It's just it, sometimes it can be a hard sell. So even though there are natural peanut butters, I don't think they're all created equal when it comes to texture and spreadability. I would agree. I think that's right on. Um, and I and again, I don't know what the magic is there because <laughs> you're right. You go to the store, and I know the pharmacy is one that grinds their own peanut butter, and um, and it's not separated. It never seems to separate, but then commercially, if I buy a jar off the shelf, I have to start. Yeah. What? Right. It's it's a mystery. Yeah, you're right. Um, and then, Kim, you brought up some grinders. One that comes to mind, if you're ever traveling through Jackson, Ohio, and you go to Michael's Ice Cream Shop on the main drag there in Jackson, they have an old hand grinder for their peanuts, and they use them there in the shop, and they are so delicious. If anyone's ever driving through and wanting a treat does it grind it into like a butter or like just finely ground nuts you know it's kind of like that in between grit there are some that's like a little bit more peanut buttery and some that's just like a a chopped peanut Um, but I think the texture is is great and I wouldn't necessarily use it for a PB&J but definitely like a tasty baking option yeah, now that sounds great. And you know, when we talk about these grinders, that's the thing. It's, it's sort of like if you are um, taking, like, say, cream, for instance, and you want to either make whipped cream or butter, it really depends on how long you process it or grind it, if you want to use that word grind. The same thing happens with nuts. I mean, if you use a grinder, you can grind it or a food processor until you have like really small, tiny, sort of like pieces of grit that are nuts that that act more like a topping, if you want to call it that, or you can keep churning it and it becomes nut butter. So if you're making your own nut butter, which is something we've practiced at home, I bet Bryce, you and Ruth have done this too, you know, it, it does take something that can grind 
hard, like a, a good food processor, but it also takes patience <laughs> and waiting until you get that consistency that you really like and that you're looking for. Oh, yes. You have to be ready to make it a ritual. <laughs> and it yeah, takes, right. And it takes a lot of peanuts, honestly. It does. It does. I was reading mm-hmm. earlier today that more than half of the American peanut crop goes into making peanut butter, and it takes about 540 peanuts to make one jar. That's a lot of peanuts. That's <laughs> a lot. Like, of I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's even harder for the person who has to count all those peanuts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, right. You know, you talk about peanut farming. Did you know that there are two U.S. presidents who were peanut farmers? I did. President Jimmy Carter and Thomas Jefferson. Did you know that, Kim? I did hear that rumor. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Proud to be an American, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. You know, Megan had kind of posed that fact to me this morning. And I said, I know that Jimmy Carter is a peanut farmer because I think everybody in America knew that Jimmy Carter was a peanut uh, farmer when he was in office. I do. I think think we named our dog Peanuts after Jimmy Carter, actually. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, oh that's funny it is it, it's great but here we are talking about peanut butter but we should really talk about what we do besides just eat it out of the jar <laughs> i which is fine <laughs> which i think works really well um but i love thai food and this is something mm-hmm. where um you can really make peanuts shine here this is an essential ingredient into like a a thai peanut sauce and i know lots of people locally make wonderful thai peanut sauces um Mm -hmm. so can i just say my mouth water yeah yeah oh yeah it's so wonderful and we had someone at work today they have a wonderful um home herb garden under a a grow light brought some ton of thai basil into work, so all of us are talking about Thai food now. Wow! So wow! Have you do. ever made your own Thai sauce? Yes, actually. Yeah, I've tried once, did, but probably did. not as successful as Ruth. No. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to ask you if you've made your own. Did you make it like a specific amount that you used right away in a recipe, or did you make it sort of as a topping? Like I've done this before, where you put it in one of those squeeze bottles. And then you can pop it out of the fridge whenever you want to use it to, like, squeeze on something. Yeah, I always seem to have more than what I'm using in a recipe. Yep, and it stores Mm -hmm. really, really nicely. Yeah, and I think when you're looking in cookbooks or online for recipes, I think it is recommended that after you make it, if if you have some leftovers that you do store in the refrigerator, one of the things that happens when it's refrigerated is it becomes much thicker and much harder to squeeze out of that squeeze bottle. At least that's been my experience. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you need to let it sit at room temperature. And the same thing can go with a fresh nut butter that you've made yourself or that you've gone somewhere and has been ground. You know, it is a food, and it's, it's, I guess, maybe fairly shelf-stable. Like, we, I keep it normally in my cupboard rather than my refrigerator. But that's really because I eat it, you know, quickly or go through it. If you had a large amount, you might want to store part of it in the refrigerator. And I know one of the people I used to work with, Francie Ostrom, she was a dietitian at WellWorks. She always had a great recommendation for people who complained about putting the peanut butter in the refrigerator. Then when they took it out to make a sandwich, it was so hard, you know, it tore their bread for the PB&J. Right. And so she said, what I normally do is I get that larger container, put it in the fridge, but I take enough out like 
I estimate what I might use for the week and just put that in another separate container or separate smaller jar and keep that one out on the counter or inside your cupboard so it stays at room temperature and it's readily available when you decide you want to have it and you don't have to think ahead of time. Um, so that's that's a, a, a good thing to keep in mind. You know, your, your nut butter will get more solidified when it's refrigerated, but all it takes is to either be warmed up a little bit or to sit at room temperature before it gets back to that consistency it had before you cooled it. That is a good, good tip. So, because it's a fine line, right? So people want their nut butters to last, but it's often hard right out of the refrigerator. So that's a good idea. Because yeah. I, I think about um, oils in general, which um, we know that nut butters, nuts, are a high-fat food, especially... So, so nut butter is a minimally processed food, right? There is some processing, mm-hmm. especially if you don't add anything to it. Um, so it, it pr- probably the shelf life is a little bit less than if it was just the whole nut. But you can smell it. I mean, you any oil that's not, that's going bad has a smell to it. Um, so I would keep that in mind, too, just to make sure, you, you know, maybe you have this giant container of almond butter that you just use a couple tablespoons over the holidays, and then it sits in your shelf, you know, smell it. Make sure that... You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. smell like whatever that is that is the smell of oil gone bad. Do you know what I'm talking about? I I think I have been there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of those days where you think you're going to be sustainable and you buy something in bulk that right. was probably a bigger bulk <laughs> than right. you really needed to Seemed to, to make do. sense at the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> so right. We, you know, we have we've kind of talked pretty passionately about our peanut butter um, passion, and I know that mm-hmm. Bryce talked a little bit about walnut butter as well. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorites too is cashew butter. Cashew, yeah. cashew butter, cashews are an amazing nut that can be a, a variety of things, not just like a nut butter. But um, they easily kind of fit into many sauces or even some alternative cheese-like um, recipes. So, right, um, right. I'm a big fan of cashews, and really, if yeah, I'm cashew gonna, butter, yeah, it's great. And if I'm going to grab just a nut to eat, just to to chew on some nuts, that's probably the first one I go to. The cashew. Oh yeah, the cashew. Oh wow, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And I think myself, I'm partial to almonds. I really like having my big jar of almond butter. Um, Mm -hmm. If you are worried about it going bad, though, and you're looking for, like, a healthier sweet treat, something I like to do is cut up slices of banana and then on one side dip them in some dark chocolate and then the other dip them in a little bit of almond butter and then kind of sandwich them together and throw them in the freezer. And they're just, like, a delicious gooey bite that tastes kind of like a Snickers and little added sugar and super healthy for you. Oh, Bryce. (laughs) (laughs) You you said what I was thinking. I I like stopped moving when you were talking. (laughs) Almost stopped breathing. That sounded so delicious. That sounded so delicious. But, you know, I think almond butter, when it comes to 
uh, just the world of nut butters, it's probably a great choice and probably one of the first butters that was sort of integrated into these alternative peanut butter options. And it is a good choice. I think if people are just interested in tasting something different to kind of broaden their horizons past peanut butter, almond butter is probably a good choice. It probably tastes maybe the most similar to peanut butter. doesn't taste exactly, but the most similar, and it's, it's probably one of the more similar in texture. And, um, and they are all these nut butters. I mean, they're nuts, right? So they do have a fat content, and we can't ignore that. But they also have potentially a lot of other nutritional value in them. And I know one of our um, dietitians, again, I'm, I'm reliving my days at WellWorks, but Ryan Lockman, who now works for the Cleveland Clinic, and she was one of our dietetic students, did this whole summary for us once on different nut butters. And, and she was looking at almond butter as one that has, um, compared to peanut butter, has more of the heart-healthy monounsaturated fat per serving. Uh, cashew butter she was talking about and said one of the bonuses with cashew butter is that you can get more iron in a serving compared to peanut butters. You know, still we have to be conscious, I think, of portion size. I mean, I know sometimes I might have days where I tip the scale on that because of how many times I've dipped the spoon <laughs> inside the jar. <laughs> but... Um, but they are good. And I think, too, there's lots of research and studies about different kinds of nut butters and peanut butter in particular for people who are trying to um, improve some health behaviors or increase, you know, healthy nutrition. And one of the things that I've read, and I actually find this to be true, I don't know about the two of you, is that when I eat peanut butter, cashew butter, nut butter, almond butter, whatever the case, if I take a spoonful of that, just a, just a spoonful, like I don't measure it like a teaspoon or a tablespoon. I just dip a regular spoon in. So it's probably about a half a tablespoon. Let's just say that. I do have um, kind of a full sensation. I mean, it can be still very filling to me. I agree. And they really are... satisfy hunger. Yeah. Yeah, they are very satiating. Um, I think mm-hmm. I was reading this morning that peanut butter, I know we've talked a little bit about it, but it was originally marketed as a healthy protein substitute for patients without teeth in um, 1985. So it's awesome to hear about yeah. the other health benefits of, of nut butters, too. Right, right. Well, I think that nut butters in general do fall into that food group if we're looking to where we place them, you know, in our diet. And so while I certainly wouldn't go so far as to say they promote weight loss, or anything like that, I will say that they can be a food that you can feel very satisfied and very full, and if you don't go overboard, it can be really healthy, and it has that fat, protein, iron, other good um, minerals and vitamins, um, and yeah, another reason to love them. Yeah, I would agree. A teaspoon of peanut butter is very satisfying, as opposed to maybe Mm -hmm. some handful of something crunchy that might come out of a crinkly bag. You could probably (laughs) keep going. Right, right. And I know we've all sort of grown up on kind of the the commercial peanut butters, which, let's not lie to everybody, they do have other ingredients in them. You can look at the label, and I think that's important for people. One of the things that makes all these nut butters not equal is read the label. They're not all healthy, as we're sort of touting it at the moment. So I think... This makes sense to me. This is how it was put to me one time. So 
you you have this peanut butter you've been eating as a kid. It's got lots of sugar in it, lots of other oils added to it that didn't naturally come from the peanut. Um, but when you eat peanuts, you don't add extra oil on top of it or you don't pour right. sugar on it. You just eat the nut. So you don't necessarily need to add it to your butter. Yeah, you're right. And, and you... For people making yeah. the switch, it's just just a, adjusting your taste buds to that. And and in time, if you went back to a more processed nut butter, you might think it was a little bit off <laughs> because yeah. of all the sugar and the additives in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the texture. I mm-hmm. mean, I my natural peanut butter I've really grown accustomed rice, as you said, the grit, yeah. I, you know, the substance of it, and and just that slippery. Um, texture of the commercial peanut butters is just not as enjoyable to me anymore. Right. And you know, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, one of the things I was thinking of is you're, you're talking about um, kind of additions or extra things that might um, diminish some of the health benefits of, of the nut itself. I mean, even think about what you add on top of your peanut butter sandwich. I mean, sometimes um, it's the jam or whatever else. When when I was a kid, my mom ate peanut butter and butter sandwiches. <laughs> if you can imagine yeah, yeah. that. But I have come to, um, not always, but many times choose a whole fruit over the processed fruits that have a lot of ex- extra sugar to them. So even like just layering on the blueberries or sliced bananas. I've even sliced apple on my peanut butter sandwich. It's just as satisfying, too. Oh, yeah. And you know what also is really good that an old friend I used to work with turned me on to is peanut butter and bean sprout sandwiches. It sounds kind of out there, but it's the perfect crunch. And, and it doesn't taste like like a bean. Um, it's, just, it's just that crunchy, extra added nutrition layer in there. It's really good. I would say mm. if you, if uh, Kim's like, I'm <laughs> suspicious about that. So, so try. yeah, try She says try and let me just propose on, on something else. I did grow up with peanut butter and dill pickle sandwiches, which are amazing. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't tried that, that is really something I think you would enjoy. So I <laughs> well, triple dog I, dare I you, Kim. Order, yeah, the pickle, I think between the pickles and the sprouts, if you invite me to your home and you serve that to me, I'm sure I'll taste it. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you convinced me to make it on my own. <laughs> the Fair whole enough. fruit and the apples. Ruth, you yeah. had me on the apples one time. I saw the thinly sliced apples in between two slices of bread with peanut butter, and I couldn't believe you did it. I took one bite, and I've been making them ever since. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yeah, but a couple things here. I, I, I want to mention, I don't, I don't want to hog the, the airline here, but I want to make a little plug for sunflower seed butter. Yes. Um, because I tasted that. I never would have purchased it if I didn't have it um, spoken to me about repetitively from different parents whose children had peanut allergies. And that sun butter was a great alternative. It's very, spreadative, it's very spreadable. Um, it's a good nutrition choice. Again, read the label so you don't have a lot of other added ingredients to it. But sunflower seeds actually are a really good source of protein and iron as well as fiber, um, that healthier kind of fat. And it tastes like sunflowers. The first time I tasted it, I couldn't believe it. So don't expect the peanut butter taste, but it's really very tasty, the sunflower butter. 
The other challenge that I want to mention when you're talking about nut butters and alternative ways to eat them, I haven't done this yet, but I've, I've seen numerous people posting this on their social media where they have roasted slices of sweet potato. Oh. And after roasting it, the way they ate it was they spread it with almond butter and sprinkled cinnamon and sometimes other little toppings, and it's getting very rave reviews. It's If you want to eat something trendy, <laughs> I think the almond butter on the sweet potato, the roasted sweet potato. I haven't tried it, but it's on my to-do list. I think that might make my grocery list. That sounds really, really tasty. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you could Google that and find lots yeah. of great-looking, delicious uh, visuals and <laughs> images of it. Um, but I do want to try it. Yeah, my mind is even going to cutting the, the sweet potato thinly, kind of like you would like a, a piece of bread or like a chip, and then having it really thinly spread on top, like a piece of oh. toast, a sweet or, potato or toast yeah. or sandwich. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. So, Bryce, we need you to report back to us. Okay. okay. <laughs> I can do that. Or you can just come over for dinner. That sounds right, great. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> and I'll sneak in some bean sprouts. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, I, you know, my kind of my last recipe thing, we've got a whole list of things that you can do with peanut and nut butters. Um, you know, at the health department, we love our oatmeal. And many times the thing that accompanies that big container of oatmeal on the counter is peanut butter. People like to put a little spoonful of peanut butter in their oatmeal, and I'm telling you what, it is good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Very, very good. Um, Oh, my mouth is watering. Yeah. And as I was going out the door, Megan Buskirk did remind me that peanut butter is a choking hazard for children under two, so keep that in mind as well. Um, to be right. careful how you serve peanut butter to children, but yeah, um, absolutely. I'm, I'm There's thinking. also a condition of which I won't even attempt to pronounce that is a phobia, and this is this is real for people who have it—a phobia of getting peanut butter stuck to the roof of your mouth. Wow. There's many many syllables that precede the word phobia <laughs> in that word, but <laughs> if you are playing. If you've got a trivial pursuit game going in your house and the subject of peanut butter becomes something, remember that, as well as remember for your trivia games that the average kid eats about 1,500 PB&J sandwiches before they graduate high school. Mm. I rest my case, right? (laughs) Drop the mic. Right there. That's right. That was yeah. probably me. I was definitely that kid. Oh, totally. Every yeah. day. Every day. And we're still that kid. And we're, we're still, still that kid. Right? That's right. That's right. Oh, well, I am hungry for peanut butter on a sweet potato or almond butter on a sweet potato. So I'm going to have to go. We're going to have to yeah. get to the kitchen. So thank you all for tuning in to Make It Happen today. Thank you, Bryce, for yes. joining Thank Kim you for having me, Kim and Ruth. It's been fun. We'll have to have you back. Um, So enjoy your celebration this week. I'm celebrating peanuts and all things nuts. And try something new with with your nut butter or try a new nut butter. We triple dog dare you. Maybe some sprouts or pickles. We'll see. Let us know how it goes. All right. Thank you all. We'll be back on uh, next Wednesday on Make It Happen. 
no one ever. I love waking up to cold cereal. Nothing satisfies like dry granola. No. Here we say good morning with sizzling sausage, biscuits baked to perfection, the enticing aroma wafting from your freshly prepared breakfast. Choose a sausage McMuffin with egg, buttermilk, crispy chicken biscuit, or a sausage gravy and biscuit, any two for $4. Wake up breakfast with McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Limited time only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meals, single item at regular price. Valid when products serve. Get the cats on the app. Preston into the paint, stops, plants on the left foot, turns, floats, scores. Jake Preston's an all-Mac performer, and he's showing off early. Big hand slap with Jordan Dardis as they go down the floor. The Ohio Bobcats Game Day app, presented by GoMart, keeps you up to date with the latest news, schedules, scores, and special offers and promotions. Download the app today, and when you do, turn on your notifications to get the news on the green and white instantly delivered to your smartphone. It's the Ohio Bobcats Game Day app, presented by GoMart. Athens Arts, Parks, and Recreation invites you to the second annual Breakfast of Champions on Saturday, February 1st, 2020, featuring a keynote speech from Nike's Vice President of Global Sales, Anne Hebert. Athens Breakfast of Champions brings together leading voices and industry influencers to create change and opportunity for women in sports. Athens Breakfast of Champions will kick off at 9 a.m. at the Athens Community Center. The event is free but space is limited so reserve your seat today 